0: Hey, how's it going? Xander Fryer, best-selling author, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching here. With another amazing episode of High Impact Coaching live. Today we're interviewing the awesome Justin Rowe, founder of Link and Learn, a LinkedIn lead generation platform that we at High Impact Coaching actually use. But Justin digs into an amazing entrepreneur, Justin digs into how he became an entrepreneur, how LinkedIn actually helped him get out of his restaurant business and be owner in several different restaurants and then start his business, Link and Learn. He goes through his strategies around pricing and how important that is, especially when you're first starting off as an entrepreneur. Why he focuses on LinkedIn over platforms like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and some massive, massive benefits there around getting to your audiences much quicker than you could on those other platforms. And he digs into how to get started on LinkedIn if you have no idea what you're doing. And then a lot of the best practices the big mistakes that people make when they're focusing on LinkedIn. So you're not going to want to miss this episode if you have any interest in generating leads from LinkedIn. If you want to catch these interviews live, go ahead and go to xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group to catch these interviews live in our Facebook group. And if you want our help in helping you get your coaching business up and running, maybe you need a little bit more than just LinkedIn leads, you can check out more. We can get you more on our high impact coaching launch program, which is designed to help you build a profitable coaching business in the next 90 days. If you want more information on that, you can go ahead and go to xanderfire.com forward slash apply and set up 15 minutes with one of our coaches. To dig in about where you're at in your coaching business, some of the things that are sticking for you, some of the things that are working, and figure out what you need to focus on to really get that business up and running over the next 90 days. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys on this episode, so I'll see you in there. All right. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of High Impact Coaching and best-selling author here with the amazing Justin Rowe. He told me that I was not allowed to call him a LinkedIn expert. So I'm going to be calling him the LinkedIn guru because I've actually been working with Justin for a while now and and just getting some amazing results. But Justin's an absolute whiz on LinkedIn. And I think there's a lot of people out there that say that they're good at LinkedIn and they're doing different content strategies and they've got all these hypothetical and theoretical things that should work on LinkedIn. But Justin actually just gets results. So Justin, I just, you know, I'm glad to have you on board. Welcome to the High Impact Coaching podcast and the High Impact Coaching Show. How you doing, man?
1: Pretty good. Thanks for having me on here, Xander. It's been a pleasure working with you and really excited to be on here and kind of explain the process.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm excited to get you on here because I think there's a lot of people that know that LinkedIn can be a great lead generation source, but it's not the same as all the other social media platforms. So frankly, a lot of people that try and use it just end up not being very successful using it or they get a little bit lost and they have no idea what they're doing. So we're going to dig into that. But before we get to LinkedIn, I always got to ask as an entrepreneur, you know, in your journey, I know you really just started Link and Learn a little over a year ago, but you've seen, you know, great success. You've worked with over 180 different clients, you know, and seen phenomenal results. So I would love to just hear kind of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur How did you get to that point and actually starting to see success as well?
1: So I feel like my story starts how a lot of entrepreneurs start. They have a ton of crazy ideas. They bug their wife or significant other constantly with crazy ideas that get a lot of eye rolls. And then eventually stuff starts to stick, you know, because you have ideas and then you try things or, you know, I I have. I
0: don't think any of us know the eye roll. Nobody. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Never experienced
0: that one before. (laughs) My bad.
1: Everyone's super. I completely understand what you're saying. That will completely work. Let's let's throw some money after it. That's that's usually what everyone gets, yep. I'm sure. Yeah. So mine was, I mean, I had dozens of crazy ideas. I'm a big like notebook kind of person. So I'd write out my ideas. I'd have like the spreadsheets of like, okay, this is the price. And then I'd always like trash my ideas. So I was actually a restaurant operator in the food industry. Got my degrees in business, felt like I was kind of underemployed. And I actually turned to LinkedIn to look for other so it actually ties in there. I turned to LinkedIn to actually look for other opportunities. And I took a very aggressive approach and added just anyone who I thought might be able to help me. So in probably in eight months, I added 6,000 recruiters, HR managers, district managers, owners. And instead of, yes, I found job opportunities and I got interviews lined up. But I actually was able to, uh, I stumbled across this really cool phenomenon where I became a very visible person in my industry on LinkedIn in my city. So I wasn't like the most visible restaurant operator in the world or even the most visible restaurant operator on LinkedIn, but I was during that time period, I guarantee, one of the top five most visible restaurant operators on LinkedIn in my city, which five years ago probably wasn't that hard to do. It's still not that hard to do now. (laughs) But something really cool happened. So when investors were looking for they had money and they were looking for a managing partner, they were coming to LinkedIn to look at profiles. And I was in the top five of their searches. So I started getting multiple offers of investment opportunities. They put the money up and I would run the restaurant for a percentage of ownership. So after getting three or four of those, I went with the best one and we built a potbelly sandwich shop in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Nice. (laughs) And then within a year of that opening, we brought on a couple more investors and bought three existing restaurants in Louisville, Kentucky. And then from there, like, I was just hooked. I was, I was out of the you know, the real grind of just working and taking that basic pay. And I was getting an ownership percentage. And I had a, a lot more time and flexibility on my hands. And then from there, I knew and I had kind of tapped into the power of LinkedIn. So from there, I kind of knew like, I wanted to dig into that. I wanted to make something completely my own. And I wanted to just explore that. And then it was just a series of trials and errors. I started targeting consumers, job seekers. And then I'm like, oh, duh! I'm targeting the people who don't have money. <laughs> so I drove up to Chicago to make a e-learning course with some Fortune 100 sales leaders that we did absolutely nothing with, um, <laughs> because it was a learning process. That like it was super wanna, hard to I wanna, market. I want to
0: pause that for a second. Though, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. as an entrepreneur, like I couldn't tell you. We've had you know probably a half dozen things that we've done that were just a complete bomb. Right. And I think I want to sit in that for just a second, because I think an important thing for entrepreneurs and, and coaches specifically to understand is like, you had to go through that process of like spending the time, spending the money, putting together this whole thing before you could learn, like, just because I build it does not mean they will come, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. screw you, Field of Dreams. That is a bullshit lie. Like, don't feed that to entrepreneurs.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is a massive thing. because, And I think that's one huge mentality shift I had to learn. Like, you can scrapbook all you want. You can spreadsheet all you want. But until you get out there and make an attempt, 90% of the learning comes from that. Like 100%, like we sold maybe less than $200 worth of our e-learning course. But, you know, I learned so much. I learned, you know, like, I think we hit the wrong demographic. I think we hit, you know, we want to sell it at this price point, but we're hitting the wrong demographic. And it became clear as we were trying to market that, what the real need was. The real need was not consumers trying to use the, you know, LinkedIn better. The real need was business owners who are time poor or, you know, don't want to learn or don't want to do it themselves, want someone to come in who they trust to do it for them. Yeah. And then it wasn't just let me teach you how to do it because they weren't interested in learning. It was, I want someone to do it for me. You want
0: it done for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then I mean, it was a really easy transition. That was not an easy transition. It mentally, <laughs> it, was like, transition. it was a transition.
0: clear transition. It was a clear transition. It
1: was a clear transition in like the direction. But then I, I, yeah. I look back at like my first five clients when we first started. I'm like, I had this idea, that, you know, we'd gonna fill their network with like targeted demographic, and then what? Like, I didn't have like yeah. a well thought out plan after that. And now it's obviously like come way beyond that. Yeah. But yeah, the whole trial and error. I mean, even pricing, like. I literally just tried a dozen different price points. I got my start on Upwork, which is the world's largest freelance site. So I'm competing with people from all over the world. It's very price sensitive. So I priced myself here. And I come from like, you know, the restaurant industry where we're working on dollar margins. You know, it's a penny profit. So I wasn't really aware of what people are willing to spend on different things, on marketing, on lead gen. So my first client, I severely underpriced myself. But looking back, it was fine because I got experience. I you know, was able to test theories without taking too much of their money. Like, I think I was providing enough value for what they were paying. And then it was amazing to me, like, one month, I decided just to double my price. And to my amazement, <laughs> I didn't sell any less of my products. Yeah, you know, I, I doubled the price. And then I tried it again, I did like a 50% price increase. And to my astonishment, again, I didn't decrease in my sales, like in my volume of sales, and then, you know, I got greedy and I, I kept doing it until I realized, okay, people are not willing to pay this much. Yeah. And then I kind of dialed it back and try to find a happy medium.
0: And I, but I think there's, there's something really important there, right? is like most entrepreneurs, right, will just stop themselves from ever doubling their price. And this kind of goes back to like <laughs> that trial and error, right? Like yeah. if you'd never done it, you would have never known. And so you had to go do the damn thing until you went too far. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then pull yeah. yourself back. Right. But it's like you never know where that sweet spot is until you go do it, until you go too far. Yeah. And then you can pull yourself back. And I think most, especially, you know, we work with a lot of coaches in the coaching space specifically. Everybody just tells themselves, oh, like, you know, people won't pay that. So they never even try it. They never increase yeah. their prices. They never double their prices. You know, we had one of our clients that we were working with and he was like, Xander, I just, I need more time. You know, and I literally told him, I was like, well, why don't we just double your prices? And, you know, and I told him, I was like, well, double your prices. And we had taught him how to do sales at this point. So we're like, why don't we just double your prices and, you know, see, hopefully half people will stay, half people will go. You'll be making the same with (laughs) half the amount of time. We doubled his prices and everybody stayed and we're like, ah, shit. Right. And so we were like, well, let's double them again. So we doubled his prices again and like 70% stayed. So we're like, okay, let's keep them here. We're at that good, happy meeting, but literally like, he ended up having a uh, you know like 150% increase in revenue without doing anything else and starting to work about 30 to 40% less but just from increasing his prices.
1: I think that point is massive too cuz that's one thing like I'm really obsessed with like the theory of like business and entrepreneurship. So to me I started like everyone thinks they have an answer to pricing and I think it's so fluid because you start out and it's a time thing. If you have all the time in the world, then start with your prices low, fill up your books. And then when you have more work, then you know what to do with, but you want to make more money, then you're forced to then adjust your price. And then, yeah, hopefully in your mind, you're thinking, okay. I'll have less work, but I'll be making more money. But if people are still piling on and buying, okay, increase again. Like the market will kind of tell you where it levels out. Yeah. You keep increasing it until you have your life back. And then you're like, okay, no one's buying anymore. I guess I should drop this down a little bit. Yeah. Or I have you know, 10 hours a week that I want to fill up. Let's you know, make this price something that'll attract more. So, but starting out, I mean, yeah, if you want to undervalue or underprice yourself and fill up your books and then increase your price as it fills up, I think that's a really good strategy.
0: Cool. So let's go ahead and get right into LinkedIn. Then I think you know what drew you to LinkedIn over other platforms. Obviously, you would seen some success there, but what, I, I guess why do you like LinkedIn so much? Why is it such a great platform for lead generation?
1: So I was just attracted to LinkedIn in general because it's kind of a social media platform, but it's like more business oriented. So I just like that. It's like
0: for, the. It's like, like the redheaded stepchild of the social media platforms
1: (laughs) well yeah and back when I started it really was like it was so stale it was almost like everyone viewed it and I think that's the big mental shift too if you haven't been active on LinkedIn you might not realize that it's made a big shift in the last two years because five years ago it was legit like it was no different than indeed or monster.com like you need a profile everyone tells you to have one and just sits there hoping opportunities come but now it's legit like people are spending their time there like in the evenings they're creating content, there's videos, they're consuming. And so it's real opportunity to and the targeting is ridiculous. Like you can search because you know, it's it's hard to find the CEO of a food manufacturing company with 50 to 200 employees in Georgia on any other platform. But if you get LinkedIn, you have sales navigator you can find a thousand of those and then you can send connection requests and because these CEOs don't have a big network you know they're like oh I have a almost like I have a friend request like they, yeah. they accept it and then you can like have a conversation with them you can start the conversation you can connect with them and then you have this captive audience so if you create content and most of the CEOs that I've seen have less than 500 or less than a thousand connections, even making one post a week, you can dominate their feed and have this this huge visibility in front of them. And I think that's,
0: that's something that I really want to echo to everybody, everybody out in, you know, in the coaching space is like you have an opportunity here to dominate people's content, right? Like in the modern world, probably one of the most important resources is people's attention, right? And where people are competing for eyeballs on Facebook and on Instagram, just like you mentioned, there's not a ton of competition on LinkedIn. And so if you're putting content out there regularly, you can actually dominate their feed until the point where like to that, you know, single person, whether it's an executive or very concretely like your, whatever your audience is, right? It's like you become more famous than the queen of England because they see (laughs) your shit every single week, right? So you're getting massive amounts of attention from them. So yeah, I love that. What tips do you have for everybody on, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of coaches out there that like know that they could get started on LinkedIn, know that it's important for them. Do you have maybe like three tips that you would suggest for everybody just getting started on LinkedIn around what are the three big things that they want to focus on or start learning or really getting into?
1: Yeah. The first thing I would say is you kind of want to view your profile there, not as a resume anymore, but as a landing page. So especially if you're, like you're a coach or an entrepreneur, it shouldn't just be about your experience or, you know, read like a resume, it should kind of read like your website, like a landing page, they should comment, it should be, you know, your clients focus, like what you solve for them, or, you know, obviously, credibility factors, but it should kind of have that feel to it. Because my second tip would be you need to have something in place where you're growing your own network. Because I think the big thing is kind of like how we're talking about how you can dominate some of these CEOs feel their feeds is that. LinkedIn isn't like this huge ocean and you can barely make a ripple. Like it's like a series of tiny ponds. So you could actually go out and you could send, you know, 20 connection requests a day in no time at all. You could have a thousand first connections of your ideal client. And then in their feeds, they might have less than 500 connections and you dominate it. So, but what you have to do is actively on a daily or weekly routine, you know, send connection requests actively, strategically grow your network. So fill your network with people that can benefit you, or hopefully that you can benefit them, you know, through services or whatnot. Yeah, it works like a charm when I was a job seeker. And some of the same basic strategy we use for lead gen, because even that simple step of connecting with the right person, they'll read your headline, they might check out your profile without even like an intro or call or whatever, like they might reach out to you and say, Hey, looks, you know, perfect timing. I see what you do. Do you have time this Friday to talk? So just connecting and actively growing it, but it has to be a daily, almost a daily routine. So I recommend, you know, 50 connection requests a day, yeah. but you know, for the average person who doesn't have, you know, a system in place or, you know, kind of like help doing that 15 to 20 a day still adds up to a lot over the course of a month or two. And then the yeah, third, I,
0: I so. think that's, that's something, you know, it, just for people to think about, right. Cause I think, you know, like when coaches are focusing on like Oh, like I need to grow my audience on Facebook or on Instagram, right? It's like there's a lot of different ways that you have to focus to get your like ideal clients to follow you and engage with you. And it's almost like a crapshoot, right? It's almost like a like you're rolling the dice and hoping you're saying the right things to get the right people following you or having, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to get more engagement and have your audience grow. Whereas on LinkedIn, frankly, it's a math (laughs) problem. It's mathematical. Right. It's like you find these people and then you just send connection requests to them because you can just do that. You can literally just connect (laughs) them. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing there is like, you know, you go send this connection request and most people just say yes. Right. Which is very weird to me.
1: (laughs) It kind of goes to your other question about why I preferred LinkedIn. Like I kind of realized like if I want to, I, you know, I don't have all the time in the world and I probably, am not going to be like, famous or an influencer on any of these platforms, you know, and it's a lot of hard work. So I decided to focus on one and I decided to focus on LinkedIn because I thought, you know, if I could dominate, you know, have a commanding presence on LinkedIn, like it's a business related platform, people come there for business. And so if I can carve out a space for me, then it would be, you know, good for my business. And then yeah, it's so easy to grow a targeted network. And then you know, when you make posts, you're making posts that are relevant to the connections that you've made. And it was so easy. Like, I mean, I now have 28,000 followers on LinkedIn and like the organic reach you can have is crazy too. And that's when I learned, like I was making posts and I was getting, I mean, I had a couple of posts that were really close to like a million views and they weren't translating into like actual leads and clients. It had like a coming to Jesus where I'm like the amount of work it takes to be like, an influencer or like, you know, that's too much. (laughs) Like it's a lot. It's like, I realized the mechanics of it because I like to break everything down. It's legit like make a post and then spend six to seven hours that day engaging on other people's posts around you in order to build this community that lifts your stuff up. And then, you know, it wasn't translating into like the most profitable ROI for me, like when you're doing it yourself. And then when I fleshed out this connect and message system, you connect with your ideal target, your client, bring them into your network and introduce yourself. So the third step, you know, I would say is introduce yourself to your new connections. You're growing a targeted network, be active and take the next step. Yeah. And I would say, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh no, I'll never like, you know, spam people or do this or that. I look at it as, you know, it should be like a human message. It should be, "Yeah, this is who I am. This is what I do. Like position yourself as a potential resource for your new connection. Well,
0: it's really, it's really focusing on intimacy, right? Yeah. Which is, it's actually really funny. i like wearing <laughs> I'm wearing one of my shirts from our program and it's intimacy over authority. Right. Which is literally like, that's one of the principles that we teach is like, you were noticing like, yeah, I could go spend seven hours on trying to get this post out to, you know, a million people and like go viral. And that builds authority. Or I could focus on having a small amount of intimate connections with people, like actually connect with them, build a relationship. And you found that that actually moves the business forward much, much quicker.
1: Yeah, it was a much quicker way to because that's usually all it takes you connect with the right person, and you introduce yourself and position yourself as a resource should they have a need. And if you do your targeting, right, they're likely to have a need. They're like, yeah, perfect timing, or that's something that's really interesting to me. Do you have some materials I can look at? Or, you know, they'll go to the website. Hopefully that builds some more trust and authority. And then they're, you know, open to continuing that conversation or, you know, you have a really good funnel where you kind of take them over to, you know, a different group and you involve them in conversations, asking for feedback. And it's like really cultivating that relationship and yeah. building, you know, all of that makes them feel comfortable enough to share their concerns and talk to you guys and uh, convert that way.
0: Yeah. And actually ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What do you see as being kind of like the biggest mistakes that people are making on LinkedIn? Maybe one or two of the biggest mistakes that people are making on LinkedIn.
1: The first thing that I see is when you start doing this, I guess people's connection requests are generally terrible. Well, and it's actually the one easiest way that you can actually get your account restricted by LinkedIn because when you send a connection request, people have three options they can accept, they can ignore, and if they hit ignore, they can then have another option that says, I don't know this person. So the biggest mistake you can make when you start doing something like this is including too much information in your connection request because it gives them an opportunity to say no and flag you as spam before they even connect to you.
0: Because that feels spammy. If you're saying too much, it's like, (laughs) that that is spammy, right? You're trying to sell them on why they should connect with you right from the beginning.
1: So that's probably the worst thing you can do. And then the second worst thing you could do is come to LinkedIn and trying to create content without actually growing your network. Because if you only have 50 connections, it really doesn't matter if you post every day, have all these cool videos, like no one's going to see your stuff, like you need to grow your network so that more people, you know, more of your target audience are exposed to you, your brand, and potentially
0: be able to work together. Yeah. I think that's huge. Right. I think that's a big problem for a lot of coaches and a lot of entrepreneurs when they're trying to get on social media, they're like, Sandra, I'm posting all day long and this and that, but like, I'm not getting any clients. I'm like, well, how big's your audience? And they're like 27. Well, it's <laughs> it. not going to do it. You got to work on the growth as well. You got to get more eyeballs on you. Cause it's just yeah. at that point, it's almost a percentage game, right? Like you have to have more eyeballs and new eyeballs, new fresh blood, right. To constantly be engaging and wanting to, you know, kind of go further down that funnel. That's great. So any last pieces of advice you would give everybody around LinkedIn, your experiences or anything like that to help them get started or maybe some extra motivation on why they should focus on LinkedIn over Instagram or anything?
1: Yeah, I would just say that, I mean, so in the last two years, for sure, there's been a complete change in LinkedIn to the point where they're attracting content creators. I mean, you'll see more and more ads like on Facebook, on Instagram, on Netflix, LinkedIn is pouring millions, probably tens of millions of dollars into their marketing. The platform is exploding, which means it's this goldmine of opportunity. And I honestly believe that, you know, this kind of connect-in message and LinkedIn, it's going to be just as integral to, you know, every small business, just like Facebook is and Facebook ads and Google ads. Like it's going to be a core part of any business. And it's one of those things that, you know, the earlier you get into it, you know, you can get more real estate. Cause I mean, I had no real social media experience and now I have, you know, 28,000 followers and like, it's just, it's so much organic reach that you can get. And it's so easy to grow a targeted following. And I don't know if it will be this way, you know, forever, or if it's going to get more and more competitive going, eventually everyone will be there, but right now they're not, it's not oversaturated. It's not like hard to get connected to the people you want. It's not hard to be visible. So I would say this is the perfect time to be in it. And it's, you know, it's going to be that way for a few years here still.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I love what you just said there. You know, I keep telling people the two reasons that I like LinkedIn. Number one is like the algorithm and the platform has not been like muddied the way that like Facebook and Instagram have where they're just so focused on like on all this stuff that overcomplicates it and muddies the water for people that are trying to grow and get to the people that they need to. That's number one. And then number two, it's like people who are on LinkedIn and engaging are on LinkedIn are like, they're there because they want help. right? It's like they're there because they're looking for advice. They're there because they're looking for a change. They're there because they're looking for someone to help them. So they're actively seeking. It's like, if you think about it, like most people are on Facebook for like cat videos, right? And most (laughs) people are on Instagram for like travel pictures in the Bahamas, like pretty colors and stuff like that, right? So it's like LinkedIn is one of those platforms where it's like everybody's on there because they're looking for help, Yeah. right? So I love that, man. Well. Justin, really, really glad we got to get you on here. Thank you for coming and you know, dropping a ton of knowledge for everybody. You know, where can everybody obviously on LinkedIn is one place, but where can everybody <laughs> learn more about you? Where can everybody get some more information on LinkedIn and you know, really getting themselves rolling into the platform?
1: So yeah, apparently I discovered this today. If you Google Justin Rowe, I actually am one of the top results that pop up because LinkedIn, apparently, it's organic search results in Google is really high. So building out your LinkedIn profile will actually get you really good organic search results. So yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. And then our website is linkinlearn.co and And you know, we have different done for you services packages that we do lead gen for and even coaching consulting. If you want to learn how to do it yourself, set up your own funnel. But yeah, I appreciate that.
0: Beautiful. And how do you spell link and learn just so everybody's clear on that?
1: It's L I N K N L E A R N.co. So link n learn. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Thank you for sharing (laughs) that, man. All right, friends. So great, great episode. Thank you for joining us, Justin. And you know, for everybody out there live, thank you guys for joining live for everybody out there in podcast land. If you want to make sure to catch these shows live, go ahead and join live at xanderfryer.com forward slash FB group. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. I'll talk to you all soon.